weeks, and he's been giving me a message here and there, and I've written a message probably three different times to talk about tonight because I thought that's what I was supposed to talk about, but no, he changed his mind on me again this morning, so please bear with me as I try to get through this because he's got me a new one. I, I usually don't give a title to many of my messages, but this one actually gave me a title to go with, and it's called, <clears throat> But Who Are You? Okay, I'm getting my getting in the book of Acts tonight. We're going to be in chapter 19. We're going to start at verse 11, and we're going to go through 20. <clears throat> I'm going to read out the, the CSB tonight. God was perform performing extraordinary miracles in Paul's hands, so that even face <clears throat> I'm sorry, so that even face cloths and aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Now some of the Jewish exorcists also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you by the Jesus that Paul preaches, seven sons of Sita, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. The evil spirit answered them, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowering them, and prevailed against them, so that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. When this became known to everyone who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, they became afraid, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high esteem. And many who had become believers came confessing and disclosing their practices, while many of those who had practiced magic collected their books and burned them in front of everyone. So they calculated their value and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. In this way, the word of the Lord flourished and prevailed. In 15, it reads that the evil spirit said, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? And that's what's been nagging at me lately. But who are you? <clears throat> I have a picture at home hanging over my TV. And I want to quote it so I make sure that I'm reading it, getting it right. It says to live life in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because of you. I haven't been able to honestly say that I've been living my life that way lately because I've been letting things get in front of God for me. And that's why he's been hitting me so hard with this lately. <clears throat> he keeps putting this verse in my head over and over. I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? <clears throat> I stop and I think about it. And it makes me think of Caleb frequently. Because when something breaks or gets lost, or he's getting in an argument with his, his aunts or mad at one of the dogs, it's always somebody else's fault. It's not his fault. Doesn't take any blame for that. And I, I feel like that's us a lot. You know, when they come to us and they say something, you know, God, I'm not paying attention to you because... I got too much work here. 
or no, I, I forgot to pray this morning because, well, I, I was in such a rush. I had to get out of the house and be at work on time, you know. Um, I, I had to get my hair done. I had to, I had to do anything. I had to start the car. I have to leave early to fill the car up with gas because I forgot to fill it up last night. We're always making excuses rather than taking responsibility for our actions. <clears throat> he also even comes to you and he'll ask me, how come you don't do your devotional every morning the way you used to? How come you don't come and talk to me before you go out and make a decision on your own? <clears throat> Why aren't you preparing more for what I called you to do? And we don't have all these excuses, you know. Right now, I think some of the biggest excuses we have is I can't go talk to those people because they may have COVID-19. Or they may think I'm prejudiced because of all these riots, because I'm white and they're not. Or because of work, we're not allowed to go do that. Or, uh, you know, it's fear. Please, thank you. Fear just grabs a hold of us. And fear, unfortunately, controls us more than it's supposed to. Because the Bible says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, mm -hmm. but he gave us one of love and of power and of sound mind. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I think if we don't make some changes in our lives, I don't know about you, but definitely me, if I don't get myself the way God wants me and I don't listen to him more and I don't, you know, get dig into my Bible more and pay attention, I'm going to be like those Jewish exorcists. I'm going to have some demon come up to me, kick my butt, send me out of the house naked and wounded. And I'm just not ready for that. <clears throat> so next, you know, when Jesus, when next time an evil spirit comes up to me, or you. Hopefully you, you're the same way. And they, he says, you know, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? You're going to be able to sit there and answer him. You know, I'm a child of the one true king. I'm covered in Christ's blood. I'm forgiven. I'm loved. I'm empowered by God. I'm made alive in Christ. I'm justified. I'm alive with Christ. I'm God's workmanship. I'm a citizen with the saints and the members of the household of God. And I'm about to whoop your tail, so you better just be ready. All of those I found in the Bible, a lot of those came out of Ephesians today. Like I said, God gave this to me just at the last second, so I was having a tough time reading some of my notes I wrote so fast. But it, it's all in there. Every bit of this is in here to tell us what we are, who we are, who empowers us, and how we are supposed to fight. Okay? <clears throat> Satan thinks that his fear is his strongest weapon. It probably is because right now we've got people that are afraid to cross the street. And we just can't keep going like that. The Bible tells us what's coming. It tells us what to prepare for. And it tells us, you know, it gives us the fruits of the Spirit. It gives us the armor of God. Are we putting on our armor of God every day? Because if we're putting on our armor of God, then what are we afraid of? I mean, we've got the helmet of salvation. 
We got the sword of the spirit. Is your sword sharp though? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to work on your sword to get it sharp. You can watch these these shows where these guys come up here and uh, oh, what's the name of that show? I can't remember, but they make knives out of all kinds of different things. I've seen them do them out of leaf springs. I've seen them do them out of coil shock springs. Um, I saw them say, "There's a pile of metal. Find something that's high carbon steel and make a knife." And these guys take these knives, get them hot, mold it, beat it with a hammer, get it flat, and then sharpen it, and then use leather to get it even sharper. And then they take them, and they take them to three different tests to try to destroy them. They they tear up ice blocks, chunks of wood, chunks of metal, cut nails. Then they try to slice through apples or tomatoes with them after they beat them up like that just to see if they've kept an edge. How sharp is your sword? Do you know it good enough? Is it sharp enough for you to battle with it? Because that's always my fear. I've always been so afraid to go out and just start witnessing the people in the street and talking to them because I'm afraid they're going to come up to me and ask me a question that I don't have the answer to. And I may not get the chance to go tell them, I'll be back. Let me go get the answer. I'll get it for you. They may never... I may never get the chance to see him again. So I want to have my sword sharp. I want to be ready. Here lately, I've been failing. And that's on me. And he's been showing me just how much this week. He's been kicking my tail. I think there's some other things that are keeping us from getting into our word and spending more time building our relationship with him. And I know I say this just about every time I, I get up, get a chance to come up here and talk, but we have our focus on other stuff. I mean, if, if we're doing, reading our Facebook more than we read our Bible, if we're watching TV more than we're, than we're talking to God, if we focus on our work before we worry about talking to God or reading his word, if we're worried more about the text that somebody's sending us in church than we are about the word that's coming from the podium. <clears throat> if we talk on the phone more than we talk to God, I mean, we have our priorities straight. Like I said, I, I don't know if this is for somebody else here, but man, I know it's for me. <clears throat> We've got to build our relationship with God to where it's strong. We want to think about the next time that somebody comes up to us and says, but who are you? You know, are we ready for that? Do we want to be ready for that? Because it's coming. And if, you know, if they know Jesus and they know Paul, but they don't know you, they should know you. They should be just as afraid of you as they are Paul. I mean, Jesus walked on the earth and performed so many miracles that, you know, I can't tell you how many there are. I'm sure somebody else could, but I don't know all of them. But I do know that in John 14, it tells us that Jesus said that, Verily, verily, I sing unto you, he that believeth in me and the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Because I go into my Father. 
That's one of those verses that I learned when I was a kid. I was 10, 12 years old, and I was on a Bible study team at the Assembly of God up in Lawson. When we, when we studied Bible study back then, they gave you the Bible. It said, if it says verily, verily, you better have it memorized. That was one of the verses I memorized from. That verse has stuck with me, and it comes back to me when I need it, because every time I stop and I think about what Jesus did when he walked on the earth or what Jesus would do in this situation. If I have the faith and I don't have the fear, I can do that. The word says I can do that. It says I can do greater things than that because he goes to his father. So why aren't I? Why isn't spirits afraid of me? Because they got it figured out what I need, what my weaknesses are. And they know how to attack me. But it's time for me to prepare to attack them in a different way. Because it's time for me to quit letting other stuff get first. To quit letting other people get in my way. And to focus on God first. Above everybody. Above my wife. Above my family. Definitely above work. I mean, why in the world do we work anyhow to take care of our family? So why do we need to put 60, 80, 90 hours in a week? That's ridiculous. If you're going to put 60, 80, or 90 hours into something each week, it ought to be something worthwhile. And money isn't worthwhile. Money pays the bills, but it doesn't make you happy. There's only one thing that makes you happy. And if you've ever been saved and you've been born again and delivered, and you've had the Spirit of God flowing through you, and you can just feel him inside of you, and you have been slaying the Spirit, or speaking tongues, or running around the church, or dancing the Spirit. You can't tell me you've ever felt a feeling better than that. That is the most awesome feeling ever. And if you think it can't happen to you, you've got to quit it. That's just the spirit of fear in you, because it can I never thought I would ever be slain in the spirit. I was like, oh, yeah, that can't happen. That can't happen. Yeah, all right. Church camp. Oh, it's been five or six years ago. Josh Pennington was preaching. We were down at Lake Mallard. Yeah. And, he, you know, he, I've always seen him do this, and he looks like one of those televangelist preachers that are just going down. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, that man was filled with the spirit. Yes, because he, he touched my head, and this huge boy went out on that ground fast. I never knew it touched me. It happens. And man, the feeling that you get and the, the time that you get with God, when you are drawn close to him and you get him inside with you, it doesn't get any better. I can promise you that drugs aren't going to make you feel better. Money's not going to make you feel better or happier. Food's not going to make you feel better or happier. There's nothing. So... Right now, I'm getting, like I said, he, he's turned my life upside down this week. He's got me back in. I used to get up and do a devotional and spend about an hour or two every, with him every morning before I got to go out the house. He's got me back doing that this week for the first time in months. And I was using excuses and excuses. I even said, oh, God, i got to leave the house at 5.15 to get to work. You want me up at 4.30? Well, if that's what it takes, yeah. I mean, 
Look what he did for you. Hmm. <laughs> he took a beating on a cross that and died for us. Meaning that we are the ones that deserved, but we didn't take it. But I'm tired of people throwing stuff in our way. I'm tired of them trying to the news is trying to scare us with everything, with, with the, the COVID, the riots, sickness, all the tragedies that are going on. I don't even turn on the news anymore. If I turn it on, it's because I need to know if the weather's going to be raining tomorrow night, and I need to have a better hour-to-hour -hour frame of it because I'm going to be out on a trench or in the mud. That's about the only thing the weather's or news is good for, and honestly, that's only good about half the time. That's true. <laughs> I've never seen anybody be wrong so much in their life and get paid so much. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, professional sports players, they're, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. They get paid too much money, too. But <clears throat> it's time that we need to go back, just like the old song, we need to go back into the enemy's camp. Mm -hmm. We need to take back what he took from us, you know. Yeah. Right. Because he took our joy. He took our happiness. He took our desire, our zeal, our fire, our quiet time, our relationships, and I want it back. I'm tired of letting him take stuff from me. <clears throat> we need to take it back, and we need to use it. We need to be full of it. We need to quit letting them take it. Yeah. Because every time we take it, we go back and we sit and, oh, I got it back. I'm so good. Well, what good is it if you're not going to use it? What good's coming to church, learning your word, doing your studies, learning about God, if you're not going to go share it with somebody? Yeah. We're supposed to be out there sharing with everybody we meet. Go to the highways and the byways and bring everybody. Pastor has a competition on right now, seeing how many visitors we can get in. How many people have we invited so far? I've invited three or four this week. I want to get more in here. A lot of people are afraid. A lot of people don't want to travel all the way up here. Well, if they want the Spirit of God, they're going to have to go where it's at because it ain't everywhere. Amen. It ain't in every church. Amen. Just like the cops. There's good preachers and there's not so good preachers. Right. There's ones that bring the word and there's ones that just want your money. They're out there. We can't deny it. But it's time to take it back. And it's time to take it out to the streets. Churches aren't growing the way they used to. Maybe we need to go outside and evangelize. We need to get out there and talk to some people. God says that he'll give us the words. Yeah, here I am afraid of making sure that I'm sharp enough with my sword. But his word tells me he'll give me the words at the right time. And he always has. Example after example after example. There's been times my oldest son pressed me so hard one time. My wife was sure when I got a hold of him, I was going to hit him. I mean, he, it's no secret, he stole my wife's debit card, went to the bank, stole money out of our account, had his little brother with him, and took him to the, his drug dealer's house so he could get drugs. Well, while he's out doing this, Oh, I figures out there's money out of our account. Yeah, we went driving around looking for him. God was great. He didn't let me find him for two hours. And then when he did let me find him, he gave me words where I still can't tell you what I said to him. 
but I can tell you that whatever it was came out calm, came out patient, came out understanding, came out with the love of God, and it was his words because I don't even remember what it was, but my son knew because my son was expecting it too. That's what we're supposed to be out going out with, the love of God. He'll give us the words. When you're talking to the person, just say a prayer. You don't have to be an elaborate prayer. Your prayers don't have to last an hour. They don't have to last 10 minutes. I don't know if any of you ever have seen the, I think it's God's Not Dead 1, where the guy comes in and they're going to go to Disney World and the car wouldn't start. They come out, rental car, rental car pulls up, shuts it off, and then try to get in and it won't start. No, the next day they get in, same thing. And then the next day, finally, they come in and the preacher from out of town says, well, why don't you pray? He goes, really? He goes, here, I'll do it. Let's, let's pray about it. He says, Lord, let our car start so that we can go and enjoy ourselves. And he looks at the other guy, let's go. He goes, that's your Lord, let our car start prayer? You think it needs more? Get in, turn the ignition, it goes. <laughs> it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be million-dollar words. I talk to him driving down the road like he's sitting in the seat beside me. Like he's my friend. There's days he hears me yell at him because I just need to get it out. And then nobody else needs to hear it. He knows what's frustrating me. He knows what's bothering me. But he knows that I need to get it out. Can't bottle it up inside. He knows everything anyhow. He knows before it comes out of my mouth what I'm going to say. And he knows what he's going to put in my heart and how to handle it. Sometimes he just lets me get through my little fit before he shows me. So, like I said, I don't have a lot tonight. I hope that this does something for somebody else like it did for me because... I want to be ready the next time that somebody comes up to me and says, but who are you? Mm -hmm. I want to be ready. I hope you guys are too. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you for bringing us together tonight. Thank you for bringing every one of us here. Thank you for having the people here that you want here. Lord, thank you for just giving me this this morning. And I, I know it's from you because... It's nothing that I could have done, Lord. It's nothing that I would have come up with or nothing I could think about. Lord, I pray that it touches somebody else's heart. And if it doesn't, thank you for letting it touch mine the way it has. And Lord, I hope that it just continues to turn my life upside down and get me back on track and just head straight for you and tightening that relationship up with you and get closer and closer. Your word says, if I draw nigh to you, you'll draw nigh to me. And Lord, I just want to be as close to you as I possibly can. And I pray that each person here feels the same way. And I pray that you're with each one of them this week as they go out. And I pray that you take away any fears and that you help them go back to the enemy's camp. And that you help them take back what Satan has come in and tried to steal from them. Give them back their joy. Give them back their happiness. Help them battle that depression and battle the anxiety. Let them be able to go out and be a witness to people, not only through the words, but through their actions. So that when people see them, they come to know you through their actions, through their relationship with you. Because when we go out, Lord, we want to represent you in the best way that we can, Lord God. 
We ask that you go with us this week and you keep us safe. Keep the people that are traveling safe this week on the roads, Lord. And bring us all back together so that we can just come here and learn more about you and worship with you, God. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.